0: Welcome back to The Lounge. Now the menopause is a topic that I've covered on different shows but usually as a point in later life. However it can be medically induced, it can happen early and this can affect women at all ages and it's very important to shine a spotlight on that as well. And so that's why I'm really pleased to have Jessica Parnell join me today in The Lounge to talk about this very topic. Welcome to The Lounge Jessica.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well thank you for being here and I know you've got a very important experience to share because you've experienced medically induced menopause. Yes. So can you tell me a little bit more about what happened and your experience of everything, please?
1: Yeah, of course. Strap in. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's quite a complex
0: kind of history
1: leading up to the decision to put me into induced menopause. So I was studying as a classical singer in central London. Um having the time of my life loved it I was like this is it I've making my new life um was really enjoying it and my health began to, de- to deteriorate quite quickly um, when I started university wow. I was actually um, assessed and diagnosed with ME or chronic f- uh, chronic fatigue syndrome in the a-, a couple of months into beginning university but that was just because it had taken a long time for the referral to kind of process um and then I had my tonsils out um and then I had which isn't the singer's dream <laughs> um then I had um I started getting really really bad uh urinary tract infections mm. and it they became chronic uh, chronic and in the April so I started um university in the September and the following April I was diagnosed with a condition called chronic UTI which is quite a poorly recognized condition Um, and the research is fairly new Um, and it basically develops when an acute or simple uh, inverted commas um, infection is left untreated or fails to get better with like standard treatment um, such as over-the-counter remedies or short courses of antibiotics that GPs usually prescribe. Um, So the only kind of treatment for chronic urinary tract infection and it's, it's also condition in itself it's not that I get urinary tract infections frequently it's that you're constantly living with one essentially um so if anyone's ever had a UTI yeah you can
0: imagine it's really just the it's yeah horrible it's horrendous absolutely horrendous I've had it to the point where I've had to have an injection of antibiotics that's the worst it's got for me but I know that was bad enough. So it was, it was horrible. Yeah. So
1: the only kind of with with the research, the most promising kind of method of treating it and curing it is uh, through long term high dose antibiotics, oral antibiotics, and uh, a drug called methenamine hippurate, which is also known as Hiprex, um, which basically uh, acid like makes the increases the pH of the bladder to kill off bacteria. So the idea is that you take antibiotics over a long period of time, and as your bladder um, sheds its lining and more bacteria is exposed, that's when the antibiotics kill kill it. But when it, when it becomes chronic, it embeds in the lining of your bladder. So it can take a very long time to treat. Um, and unfortunately, in my case, I'm still kind of battling with that. It's been quite complex. I've done a year on antibiotics now and haven't seen a huge improvement. So I'm now looking at other things um, to explore. So in, in terms of treatment, so that was really difficult. And I had to take the decision to intermit from university to stop studying and to move back home, which for me was really devastating. It was the last thing that I wanted to do. Um, and then in October last year, I had surgery, um, explorative surgery, a laparoscopy, because they actually thought I had endometriosis Um and i don't have endometriosis i do have uh, what's called adenomyosis which is like the the evil sister twin of endometriosis um <clears throat> and it occurs when the tissue that normally lines the, uter- the uterus so the endometrial tissue grows actually into the muscular wall of the uterus so it can cause very painful very heavy periods um and a lot of a lot of the symptoms are shared between endometriosis and adenomyosis um So, yeah, I also had a cystoscopy at the same time, um, and that showed that my bladder was also quite inflamed. So, um, yeah, that was really difficult to kind of hear that I'd been diagnosed with a chronic condition. There is no, um, the only cure for adenomyosis is, as far as I'm aware, is having a full hysterectomy is literally just removing your uterus, which is the last thing that I want to do, because I'd really like to have children in the future um so then we had to kind of look at how can we best manage this and medically induced menopause when it was first kind of mentioned to me and whenever I've mentioned it to other people people are really shocked and it sounds very drastic and quite an extreme measure but it really wasn't a decision taken lightly and I felt confident after discussing with my doctor that that was the best route to take. Um, I'd also tried all of all of the pills I would tried. I'd never got on with them. They really affected my moods. Um, So, yeah, I opted to go for the injections because the idea was uh, the injections, what they do is they is what it says on the tin. It induces you um, into menopause and basically stops your menstrual period. So it's kind of like switching your hormones off. Um, And the idea of behind doing that was to just switch them off and see how my body responds to not having periods was would that improve my pain levels and would that also in turn help the inflammation in my bladder because the bladder and the uterus are very close together um so that's why they did it it is reversible so i'm having injections um and it is, it is reversible. I can, when I stop having injections, hopefully everything should return to as it was before. But yeah, I'm 20 and menopausal, which was never something I thought I
0: would be saying. But here we are. You make a really good point at that at your age, at 20, this is why we do need to be aware of this in the workplace. This is why it's an yeah. important subject because it's not just people who are retiring who are going through this this can be any women in fact Um, I mean with your just listening to you one of the things that strikes me is you had one condition and it was almost through exploring that condition you found the other condition that that's a little bit scary to me that that worries me a bit in a way because the other condition wasn't necessarily looked for in the first place
1: yeah I think what I've realized with chronic illness is that the healthcare system that we have isn't set up and designed to manage illnesses long term you're referred to a department that specialize in a in one area of the body in one bodily system and actually when you're living with a chronic health condition it's everything's interconnected and everything kind of affects each other. So some symptoms were masked by other things. And even now, I mean, even being in the menopause, it's is my low mood because, I don't have any hormones or is my low mood just because it's really hard to um, be living with the health conditions that I'm living with. It's it's difficult to distinguish what symptoms kind of go with what. But I, I had always had quite painful periods. I wouldn't actually say for me the painful periods wasn't the most severe symptom. It wasn't. In fact, no, I take that back. It was it, it was severe at times, but it wasn't always consistent each right. month. But it was getting worse. So I remember like it was a month before my surgery, actually. I um, I know now why it was. I used a menstrual cup mm-hmm. and with adenomyosis, because of the extra tissue, um, I'd always found tampons quite painful as well and uncomfortable. With the menstrual cup, it kind of creates its suctions um, around your cervix. Right. But that What that does is it creates back pressure and around an area that's already quite inflamed that yes. can- Cause a lot of pain, and I actually, my mum had to ring an ambulance for me because I was in that much pain. And she said to me at the time, she said, "I I thought you were having a miscarriage," and I was like, "Mum, I'm not, I'm not pregnant." <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> the miracle conception, um, but I mean, that just tells you the extent of like what the pain was was like. Um, so I also the one of my other really, really debilitating symptoms um was nausea. So feeling extremely sick um around the week of my period and leading up to my period. The only kind of time I got relief was the week after um my had actually my 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 period. So um yeah I it, I just got to a point where As I said, although menopause sounds really drastic, when the symptoms that you are experiencing are so debilitating, you'll you will just do anything. You will do anything. And for me, it was an opportunity to get some kind of relief. So I took it with both hands.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I mean. Just thinking about UTIs, when you're also taking things like antibiotics, it's working with all bacteria, which means all the good yep. gut bacteria isn't there to support you. So nausea is natural with that. Yep. So, gosh, yeah. I mean, that's that's awful. And you were talking about symptoms. And I just wanted to come back to that mm. with the medically induced menopause. Are there symptoms? I know you're saying, is it this is or is it that? But are there symptoms that you are going through where it, it, it that can be really problematic as well that we need to be aware of that other women might also be experiencing because of menopause.
1: Yeah, so I think one of the biggest ones and one of the most like commonly known ones is hot flushes um and night sweats. That is something I've experienced. Um and let me tell you, before I was like, bring on the hot flushes as long as I don't feel sick. Oh, and then gosh. I started having hot flushes and I was like, actually, these are quite difficult to deal with. Um, I was having up to, I I was, I am on HRT now, um, which has massively helped.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I was having up to three, four hot flushes every hour. So wow. constantly, and a hot flush is is not just oh I feel a little bit hot when we open the window it's like your skin is on fire it's quite a surface heat but you have to you have to take your clothes off like um, I say that I don't mean I just like strip down as soon as I get hot but um you have to if I'm wearing a coat the coat has to come off the jumper has to come off like it's really um it's very overwhelming Mm -hmm. to to be that hot um yeah it's it's not very it's like you feel like you're stuck in an oven and it comes on very suddenly just yeah flush
0: as it says in the name see this talking to you about this you're really giving a very clear image of what this is like and a lot of people we almost say hot flushes as as a thing and don't really talk about it all this all that much we kind of go oh yeah you just get a bit warm but you're absolutely right these are quite debilitating symptoms Mm. and you know, having this in the middle of a meeting or or for yourself, having this in the middle of a concert or something like that would be yeah. horrendous. I mean, you're still, you're only 20. How do you manage those symptoms and get on with life? It's,
1: I, I, you just kind of manage as you go. I think with, it's worth kind of mentioning the other symptoms as well that I'm experiencing and that, that comes with being put into menopause and what people who go through menopause naturally will also be experiencing. Um, But mood changes is a big one. Irritability. I call it the red mist. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I have never experienced feeling angry as I have done the past few months. Um, And I read actually online, uh, I was just looking at menopause and, and there was one symptom that really, struck a chord with me and I thought gosh I actually really feel that and it's quite hard to articulate it just said feeling feelings of loss of self and I was just like yes this I feel really I feel so disorientated and so like I don't even know who I am like I don't know what I want I don't know and it's you know it could be just because I've just entered my 20s and it's like ah adulthood um (laughs) But I really do feel that that has impacted me a lot, this kind of loss of sense of self. Mm. Um so that's been very challenging. Other things, um dry skin, although I had very oily skin before, so it's actually just really balanced my skin <laughs> out <now. That's- laughs> good things um drier skin I get like a crawling sensation on my skin um I get like quite itchy skin if I'm particularly it always seems to come on in the shower when I'm with because I like my showers like the temperature of the core of the sun um so but that that can it's like ants all crawling all Mm -hmm. over your skin it's really horrible um painful sex vaginal dryness Uh, reduced sex drive um, because when you all of your sex hormones go you don't really fancy having sex Yeah. Um, so yeah however despite that long list of kind of not very great sounding side effects it has stopped my periods which has massively helped my pain levels Um, so yeah it, it has I'm definitely glad that I did it to kind of yeah, to, to see how my body reacted and, and I I feel better informed having having yeah gone through it. Well, I'm still going
0: through it, but yeah. With all of those with everything you're having to deal with and at the age of twenty and having to defer university, all of those other pressures that you've got, you are still able to to look on the bright side I don't know how much of this is perhaps a mask but (laughs) oh I do you know what somebody (laughs) described um a friend
1: described to me recently which I thought was finish your sentence Jess a friend described to me recently how she felt chronic illness kind of impacts her and I was like yes that's it and she described it as the stages of grief and as in, like, you you grieve the life that you did have. And I think that sounds almost really dramatic, but it, it really is true. There are so many aspects of it, and it's not linear. One day you wake up and you feel really angry. You know, why is this happening to me? What did I ever do wrong? Why am I in this situation? Why does everybody else seem to be living their life, and I can't, and I'm stuck in bed, and I'm stuck inside? And then there are days where you're like, no, do you know what? I can do this. I'm okay. The pain's not too bad today. I'm accepting. It's all great. And then there are days where you can't get out of bed because you feel so low and you think if this is what I if I have to live like this, then I don't want to live like and it really it really fluctuates from Day to day, week to week. It's it yeah, it is incredibly um it's it's a difficult. It's a roller coaster. Um yeah, roller it coaster.
0: really sounds it. What what helps you manage your mental and emotional well-being through all of this? Yeah. I would love to say,
1: yeah, yoga, meditation, all of this. Like, because I am some I I truly believe in the power of all of that. But actually sometimes doing a meditation is like throwing a cup of water on a house that's already burning down. Like it's kind of a bit futile in the moment. Um, One of the biggest things for me has been connection with other people, because when you have to step, I kind of feel like I just disengaged from life. Really. I had to step back from university. I moved back home. So I then there was, you know, all my friends are still in London and I'm now in Yorkshire. So it's a long distance. I'm away from my boyfriend. I couldn't I've not been able to work full time Mm. like I've really lost that sense of community and it's really made me realize how the power of connection and the power of community you know we are herd animals as human beings we depend and rely on each other and being I've noticed that when I am around people even if I don't feel like I want to be actually my mood is a lot better for being around people and I think it's, I mean, I say this as I'm literally like telling my whole story on this podcast for anybody to listen to, but I was quite selective as to who I told to begin with because people, everybody has an opinion and sometimes opinions aren't always very helpful. Um, So telling people that I trusted and that I feel would offer the right support and it's, it's not that I expected anything from anybody. It was just that that some kind some form of patience and understanding of I I may not understand what Jess is going through but I can you know I'm here I'm here for for her I'm here for you Um, I think there's a lot of power in that
0: definitely that's a very important point you've made because we always talk about reaching out and speaking to somebody but I think it can be just as important that you choose very discerningly who that somebody is because it can make things worse otherwise so I'm glad glad you brought that up Um, With regards to employers supporting women going through menopause in the workplace or socially, or in fact, at any age, if someone's going through this at university, what things do you think can make a real impact socially for women in your position?
1: Um, I think creating those community spaces. So whether that be... I don't know a coffee morning or a weekly Zoom chat or I yeah. something to kind of so that you're able to connect with other people who are going through the same thing that you're going through. I mean that has been social media for me. It's social media is a blessing and a curse because when you're stuck in bed, like looking at everybody else live their lives through your phone screen, it can be really hard hitting. But at the same time, because we can't get out as much necessarily all the time and go and network and connect with people in person it's it's a powerful tool to connect with people who are experiencing what you're experiencing and that has brought me so much relief mm. so much comfort that that feeling of actually i'm not on my own and there are other people going through this who are my age and and all of that so yeah definitely creating something that provides space for that community i think employers being if they can be flexible on working hours, maybe for some women it um it would be better to have a reduced working reduced working hours. Um access to psychological support, I think would be a really strong one. Counseling therapy, um nutritional advice. I some I always like to think back when I'm struggling. Uh, I I used to have a school nurse that used to say um, always go back to basics diet sleep exercise Mm -hmm. which I know isn't always what people want to hear but it's true like and it's nothing big it's having three meals a day and snacks when you're hungry and just getting outside literally even if it means walking to the end of the street and back then at least you've been outside Um, and and yeah sleep kind of honoring your body and and however much rest you need I think that's one of the most challenging things is is not beating yourself up on the days that you need the rest because it's hard to kind of feel like you um what am I trying to say It's 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 not that I'm unreliable and it, it can feel like that at times it's that the conditions that I'm living with are unreliable and I don't know how I'm going to feel from one day to the next you know one day I might I could wake up in the middle of the night with horrendous bladder pain could go for a week where i don't feel it and that would that's great um so it's that flexibility from employers as well and as well friends and family like that flexibility and patience know that we're not cancelling on you because we don't want to see you it's that we don't feel able to and and forgiving being forgiving of that and saying you know i understand it's fine don't worry is yeah helpful
0: really think a lot of what you've said today, Jess, is going to resonate so much with our listeners. I mean, thank you so much. Where can we get in touch with you, maybe to ask you any more questions even, or just to find someone else to connect with who may be going through what what they're going through?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm on kind of social media I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I don't have um any and my page isn't very like professional as such. It's just my personal page, but I always welcome people um reaching out um yeah to connect and chat to. I think it if it if I can help one person then it will it will have been worth it um <laughs> to to go through
0: it all. So so yeah amazing thank you so much jess it's been a real pleasure chatting with you you're
1: welcome thank you so much for having me and for providing this space as you said i think it's really important to to share and um yeah i think you're doing amazing work so
0: thank you so much and that's all we have time for but for more practical ways to boost your well-being check out my youtube channel dr audrey t practical tools for everyday well-being or my facebook page of the same name. Or have a look at my website, www.draudreytea.com. Or tune in to the Wellbeing Lounge on Tuesday nights, 9 till 10, for your hour of mental health on NLive Radio.